0: want to write down what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, you want to grab your Bibles, there's a pen in front of you, you want to get ready to receive from the Lord. We had a phenomenal lead-up conference for leaders yesterday here uh, at the church. It was so good. So many of you that were at that already know Tony, who was so gracious to stay over this weekend and be with us and and minister to our church family. And so uh, if you weren't there and you don't know who Tony is, let me introduce you to him quickly. He's an author, he's a speaker, he's a worship leader. God has used him in decades of ministry. He was called to ministry as a little boy, and God's been using him ever since. And uh, he has actually been the worship leader of Free Chapel in Georgia with Jensen Franklin for many years, And God has used him in a powerful way there, but he's also been a songwriter and he's worked with Israel Houghton and C.C. Winans and Mandisa and the Katinas and so many other uh, people. And so he's a very gifted uh, musician as well, but he preaches the word with power and we love that. I know he's gonna tell you more about his family, but I'm gonna ask you to pray for Tony this week. The reason is, is he lives in Atlanta and he's a Patriots fan and it's gonna be a difficult difficult, difficult week for Tony, but you're going to make him feel welcome here, right? Would you welcome Tony Sutherland as he comes to minister God's word this morning?
1: Amen. I appreciate you. That was good. Amen. It's so good to be at Christian Life Church in the Windy City. I uh, just recently learned a bit of trivia because your pastor is just loaded with trivia knowledge and uh, he uh, shared with me that the reason why it's called the Windy City is because of a bunch of blowhard politicians back in the day. So I've learned something about Chicago, amen? It's windy for a different reason. And uh, But uh, Daryl, I just want to thank you and Leslie for having me um, and for allowing me to stand in your pulpit and pour into your leaders this weekend. Um, and I've just, I've gained a, a great new friend in you, and I appreciate that, and uh, just Wow, what a great guy you are, what a great church this is, and I uh, appreciate your faithfulness over the years to just stay faithful to what God has called you to, and I uh, want you to know that your pastor really loves you, prays for you, believes in this church, loves it. He loves this job. It's, uh, he's not going anywhere, had no complaints, just uh, loves you folks, and uh, you're blessed to have a pastor who prays for you, loves you, and cares about you. Amen. Can you give Pastor Daryl and his wife... Amen. uh, And I just want to just give props to Leanne and this great worship team. Um, She is just a spitfire and uh, has no signs of slowing down at all. And uh, so grateful to see. I love it when people are confident and joyful and they do their job with passion. And uh, she's the real deal. And you ought to just be thankful for the gifts God has given you here. And I'm so blessed to be here. I don't want to take too much time. I don't have a lot of time, and I don't want to uh, run you into uh, being late this afternoon. So I want to talk to you for a f- few minutes on the subject called joy. Can you say that with me? Say joy. Now, before I start, I just want to say that uh, um, I, I, I guess it would be safe to say that, uh, um, that uh, my wife and I will be coming back next year, and we're excited about that. Uh, My wife and I have been married almost 30 years, and uh, as a matter of fact, one of my books that I just wrote called The Grace Made Marriage, I believe will bless your marriage and uh, speak some life into it, rekindle some of the embers of love and of uh, commitment and passion that you have for one another I want you to pick that up today. Also, I have several other resources out there, and I don't want to take a lot of it home. So invest in yourself. It's, I don't make any money off my product. It just all goes back to making more product available. So invest in yourself. Uh, you know, I've got books on leadership and prayer and uh, music and worship music. So uh, make yourself, uh, avail yourself to it. But I want to take a few moments and talk on the topic, joy. My favorite verse in the Bible is Isaiah 55 and verse 12. For you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth into shouts of joy before you, and all of the trees of the field clap their hands. Now, this is typically a benediction that I give people after I minister the word, or I preach, or I I have an event. I always speak this word. This is like my the Lord bless you and keep you verse. This is the verse that I have spoken over congregations for many years, and it's a powerful verse, and there's powerful promises in it. We are are well in to 2017, but we're still at the precipice of entering through. And I don't know what you went through in 2016, but I believe that for the body of Christ, 2017 is the year of undeserved, unmerited, unearned favor. It is the year of grace for God's people. And the Lord spoke to me a little while back and said, he gave me a word. And I'm going to share that with you this morning. But he said, wherever you go in the next few months, I want you to declare this word over the people. Because it's not just for you. It is for the body of Christ. This verse that I just read to you is my triple grace verse. The number five in the Bible is the number of grace. I love it when David took the five stones, that's the number of grace, and he slew the giant with one stone. Number Grace takes our giants down, amen? This verse is not only 5, but it's 5-5, five, five, which is double grace. And then the number 12 is the New Testament number for grace. It represents the Apostle Paul, who we know as the Apostle of grace. This is my triple grace verse. And I don't know about you, but there's certain situations in my life where I need some triple grace. Amen? Come on, somebody. Now, you know, I'm from the South, and you all have to say amen at least one time while I'm preaching. You know, because I... Might start preaching like this, uh, because I know my Lord, my Redeemer, and who has saved me, uh, who brought me out uh, of the miry clay, uh, who brought me into a wide place. I might have to start preaching this morning. I'm from the South. I spit and yell and get a little crazy. I don't know how they do it up here in Chicago, but... This verse is my triple grace verse. There's times when I need the grace of God, triple in my life. I have teenagers. You know, when they're two years old and they throw a temper tantrum, that's one thing. When they're 20 years old and throw a temper tantrum is another thing. You know, my son and I, when we were little, we, when he was little, we used to trade punches. Now when we trade punches, it actually hurts me, okay? Okay. I told my son a few years ago, we'll no longer trade punches with you. That's over. That season's over. I'm going to have a battle of the brains. That's that's how I'm gonna take you down. My daughter, she's 16 and 15, and we're going through those teenagers. You know, uh, my kids are great, but sometimes raising teenagers is trying to like nail nailing jello to a tree. It just is not working out. And the teenager said, Yeah, well, you know, having parents is the same way, okay? Sometimes you get that bad doctor's report. You need triple grace it didn't turn out the way you thought. Sometimes the business falls apart. Sometimes there's problems in the marriage. Sometimes there's major issues with finances and maybe past decisions that you've made are starting to catch up with you now and you need triple grace. God, give me grace. Give me grace to make it through. And I believe that there is grace upon grace. The Bible says in John 1:16, "For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace." You know God's grace is enough. Did Did you know Jesus is enough? But aren't you thankful in the Bible that God speaks to us and tries to cut through the rhetoric to tell us, to assure us? He says, I'm going to give you grace and more grace. Come on. He doesn't need to say that. Jesus didn't need to say, verily, verily, I say to you. It's like, listen, listen, listen. He said, lo, I will be with you always. That's like saying, yo, I will be with you always. Jesus was always, I tell you the truth, Cub Scout promise. You know, he never needed to say, I promise you, because God, when he says something, he's good on his word, whether he says I promise you or not. But because we're slow of heart, he has to say things to us that set us up for the word. Verily, verily, I say unto you, I'm going to give you grace Upon grace, 2 Corinthians 9 and 8. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. That's a a word that deserves an amen, a praise the Lord, a hallelujah. So number one, the scripture says you will go out with joy. Did you know it is a scriptural principle in life that when you are struggling and when you are down and when things are low at their lowest point, we come out with praise. There's something about praise that brings us out. We go out of the pit of despair with praise. I'm telling you, it's so important when you come into the house of God that when the musicians and the worship leaders strike the first note, don't let them crank you up and pump you up. Enter in joyfully, enthusiastically lift your hands. I I, I liken it to where the helicopter comes and you're stranded in the jungle and the enemy is sniping you down and he's around you and you're waving your hands in the jungle and the helicopter flies down and drops the ladder down. When you lift your hands, you're grabbing onto that ladder so that helicopter can lift you above the storm, lift you above the fight, lift you above the bullets, lift you above the attack. Praise and worship is the escape that God has given his people to come out of trouble and it is a scriptural principle that you go out with rejoicing somebody give the lord praise right now in this church wouldn't it be great if Leanne could just follow you around with a guitar all week long when you're down, when you're in traffic, when you got too much uh, money, uh, too much month at the end of the money, and you keep getting letters from Bill, you know what I'm saying? And things are dragging you down. You're having trouble on the job. You've got that boss that you just don't like, and you've been forced to work with because you can't quit because you got to pay the bills, and it seems like life has you. Wouldn't it be great if Leanne could just follow you around and sing, you are strong stronger you are strong praise the lord and the hands go up but that doesn't happen this is to teach you what to do the other six days of the week when you get to moving in life you're to make your own praise party you're to take a praise break i wonder if you could just take a praise break right now and give god some praise right where you are somebody just stand up and lift up your hands and give the lord a shout of praise for his goodness hallelujah We need to take praise breaks all the time. Bless you, Lord. It's something about when you rejoice, you come out. You come out. Oh, yeah, it's still going on all around you, but you learn how to rise above it. You mount up with wings like eagles and fly over the situation. Come on, man, when you get your eyes on the Lord, the problem is no big deal because we serve a mighty God. And when our imagination is filled with God, the problem looks. You know, that's why David ran quickly to meet the giant. It's because God dominated his imagination so that the giant was no big deal. It gave him courage when he faced the giant. He said, you come at me with a sword and a spear. You come at me with a doctor's report. You come up up to me with bad news. You come up to me with problems with my family and problems with my marriage. But this day I will take you down because I serve the God of Israel. He's bigger than you. He's taller than you. He's stronger than you. Hallelujah. We don't have to get someone to motivate us. We can begin to open up our mouth. That's why praise is verbal. Because you're listening to yourself, praising God, and declaring that God is bigger than the problem. You will go out with joy. Somebody shout joy. I remember a few years ago, my daughter and I had to go to the Brazilian consulate in Atlanta to get a visa for our uh, one of our trips to Brazil. And, you know, these are very important meetings, and you got to have all your stuff together. There's no time for joking, no time for, you know, uh, you know messing it up. You have to have everything together. And we went into the, the consulate. We had our appointment. And the woman at the counter seemed very agitated. She seemed, you know, she was struggling with something. You could tell. And uh, during the interview, she got a phone call on her mobile phone. And she took the phone call and went to the back. And we're watching her through the window. And she's crying and shaking. And, and we didn't know how to respond. So she finally got off the phone, came back, sat down at the window, and I said, is everything okay? Are you all right? She said, yeah, everything is fine. I just found out I'm having a baby boy. And you know what happened when she said that? The atmosphere changed. It was the announcement that the angels gave on the day Jesus was born. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward all men for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord. At the announcement of the birth of the baby boy, the atmosphere changed. The world changed. Light broke through. It messed up the devil's agenda and at the announcement of the baby boy in your life it changes the atmosphere where you are i'm here to tell you we have we have all reason to give god praise for the birth of the baby boy can i get an amen joy to the world the lord has come let earth receive her king the bible says rejoice and again i say rejoice that means to rekindle your joy You know, one of the principles I talk about in the grace-made marriage is that when your marriage is struggling, you start talking about your dating years. You go back to the time when when I was a stud. I'm just going to tell you the truth. I was. You know, most of the time you hear guys say, man, my wife was beautiful. I was a stud. That's the way. That's how it all started. And. You know, you start rekindling the moment you met one another, and how your how how you know your world changed, and and what it does is it relights, it rekindles the fire. That's what rejoicing in is. It's rekindling your joy, rekindling your joy. We do that for, through praise. Weeping endures for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. A merry heart is like medicine, the Bible says, but a broken spirit dries the bones. Some people struggle with arthritis, and it's been said that it's because there's some bitterness in their life, and there's some unforgiveness, and there's some depression. You know, depression can cause physical sickness. That's why when you're nervous or depressed, you can feel it in your stomach. Come on. But Elijah said, there's a fire shut up in my bones. See, when you begin to praise God, you literally can find healing in your bones. Come on people, joy, happiness. Some of y'all just need to laugh. You haven't laughed in forever. Some of y'all are just sour-faced and you know you're telling everybody you're a Christian it just hadn't caught up with your face yet. You know what the face of joy really looks like? There's a man by the name of Vince Dallas. I watched an interview with Vince Dallas and he was a young man as an electrician, he was working out on a power line. And as he reached up to grab the power line, it snapped and electrocuted his face and burned his face off, literally fried his face off. And he struggled with this for months, and his whole life was over. His family struggled with it, he struggled with it, and... Eventually, one day, someone met him and invited him to church. Let me tell you how important church is. You never know how important church is until you really need it. Come on, somebody. There are people all over this room this morning sitting here that need to be here. They're inside saying, I need to hear from the Lord. And I'm telling you, I declare over you that you're hearing from the Lord right now. He is rekindling your joy. He is putting back in you what the enemy stole from you. When you come to church, it's serious. Never take for granted. Never be disappointed when you wake up in the morning happen to come early and get dressed and make it through the weather. This is where you find life, friendship, fellowship, joy, peace, security, confidence, and it's here for you. When you come to church, it's important. Never talk bad about church. Never talk bad about your leaders around people because you taint them to hearing how good God is in the midst of the of the assembly of His people. Always, always embrace your opportunity to be here. And so he sat in church and he heard the message and he felt the love of God. And 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 as he attended more often, he finally gave his life to the Lord. And he couldn't he couldn't stand being out of church. He had to be in church every minute it was open. He showed up to serve in every way that he could day after day, every day that the church was open, he found himself there. And I heard it out of his mouth. He said, ever since I came to know Jesus and I came to know the people here, I've never had such joy in my life. I'm telling you, that's the face of joy. Come on, somebody. Some people say, well, God doesn't care about my happiness. He only cares about my holiness. Those are the religious people that have not yet discovered the life in Christ. You know how we hear it said, The Lord cares about your holiness more than he does your happiness. No, I believe God cares about your happiness as much as he does your holiness. In fact, I believe to be truly holy is to be truly happy you will come out with joy. Somebody shout joy. Then the Bible says you will be led by peace. The Bible says in the New Testament, Paul wrote it 13 different times, grace and peace be unto you. There's something about the grace of God that brings us peace. I want to encourage you and instruct you, don't let your mind in 2017 go down any mental roads that do not lead to peace. You know how it is. You know how we are. We like to create the three and a half minute movie. We like to cast the actors and write the script and create the unhappy ending and roll the credits. And the movie hasn't even started yet. That's how our mind goes. Our mind tends to go toward gravity. And you know, the older you get, gravity just pulls you down in all kinds of ways. Come on now, you know what I'm talking about. We're always fighting that negativity. That's why praise is so important. That's why God's word is so important. He's given us weapons to fight that negative pull on our life because our tendency is to always think the worst and believe the worst. But I have a God who tells me that I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. Can I get an amen from somebody? He says that I have have plans. I have plans to give you a bright hope and a bright future. A few years ago, back in 2013, I bought a Mini Cooper. And it was my little dream car. And I love driving that thing. I buzz around. I've got, you know, this, this. Anywhere you know, you hear me coming, it's my, it's, I call it, my car praises the Lord. My car is praising the Lord while it's driving down the road. And, and some people say, you got a Mini Cooper? Well, I got a this and that, and I can beat you. I can, no, you know, you can't try it in Atlanta traffic. I will leave you in my dust. I can park anywhere I want to. I don't care how close the cars are together. That car will fit right in there. And many years ago, when I was thinking about buying this car, I was thinking, when I get it, I'm going to get a European tag. Because, you know, you buy a a BMW or a car, a foreign car, you've got to put a European tag on it. It's just the thing to do. And I already knew what I was going to put on that European tag. Jeremiah 29, verse 11, for I know the thoughts. So whenever I drive down the road, I want people to see the first thing, that God's favor is on my life. You see, favor ain't fair, and, and favor is a wonderful thing, but the favor of God should always bring glory to God. Come on, somebody. And I decided a long time ago that if God was going to favor me, I was going to give him all the glory. Don't you be ashamed when God blesses you. Don't you be ashamed when you get that raise. Don't be ashamed when you wear that Rolex watch. Don't be Shame when God shows up and blesses you in ways, but always give glory to God because it's because of him that we move and live and have our being. Amen. Amen. I don't have a Rolex watch yet, but it's coming in Jesus name. Okay. Just don't, don't get all religious on me now. Come on now. Lighten up church. Lighten up. We were blessed to be a blessing. My wife said, if you ever get a Rolex, you are going to sell that thing. But I can't sell it. If someone gives me a Rolex, i got to honor them and let them bless me. I can't, I can't do that. I can't do that. Don't create the mental movie with tragic endings. You know, the overthinking is the art of creating scenarios in our mind that haven't even happened yet. Albert Einstein once said, most of the things we worry about probably won't even happen. You know the problem with that is we'll believe the smartest man in the world, but we won't believe the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords when he says, do not worry about tomorrow. You know, Albert Einstein's brain was amazing. In 1955, Harvey Thomas asked Einstein's son if he could study his brain. And they agreed to it. So he sent it out to 240 different they cut his brain into 240 slices and sent it out to an elite fraternity of doctors and scientists and psychologists. They studied his brain. And in 2013, they finally concluded that Einstein's brain was more well-connected than most. His brain was just connected. In other words, his brain by natural... He was a goofball, as you can see. He, every time you got around him, he was joking and he was laughing. You know, here's a man that knows the secrets of the universe that should be uh, uh, burying himself in a hole in the ground somewhere. He knows things that we don't know. But yet he was so full of joy because his brain was so well connected. And it was telling him, you don't have to worry about life. You don't have to worry. See, listen, we have the mind of Christ, the Bible says. And Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. That means he knows something about tomorrow that I don't. Come on, some. God will make sense out of your nonsense he says don't be anxious about anything don't worry about tomorrow cast all your care upon the Lord you know whenever there's trauma in our life we choose to trust because the Bible says in Psalms 27 and 1 the Lord is my light and my salvation whom shall I fear the Lord is the stronghold of my life in whom shall I do whom shall I be afraid I want to encourage you this year, do not make any decisions based out of anxiety, impulsivity, anxiousness, worry, stress. You know how we are? Well, we got to hurry up and buy that, or we got to hurry up and jump into that, or we got to hurry up and sign up for that. Don't make any decisions unless you have a settledness about peace. Come on. Don't allow other people's drama to pull you in. There have been times when I'm ministering and I get a text from my wife, there's some kind of drama going on at home. Like my wife says, my daughter just got six inches of hair cut off. I am not getting involved in that drama. I am sorry. I have nothing to do with that get thee behind me. I am not entering into that drama, but it's worse. You know how Facebook is? Come on now. Mm, there's just some times that I just want to start getting on a comment and start commenting and adding my stuff. There's a lot of times I've had to delete comments before I send them. I've had to pray before I post. That's a prayer right there. Pray before you post because there's all kinds of craziness going on social media and Facebook. Don't allow yourself to get sucked into other people's drama, even in politics. You know, politics means poly many ticks bugs there's many bugs involved in politics just don't get dragged in whatever side of the line you stand on because we don't have we can't afford to bring more drama into our life when there's already enough going on as it is focus on the urgent and it will weed out the unnecessary or even the thought importance of it focus on the matter at hand Stay out of stuff that gets you riled up and mad and angry and produces nothing. It just makes you mad. You know, I'm starting to find out. It's weird. I I just turned 50 last year. And I'm starting to get that grumpy old man syndrome in me. You know what my job is now? It's to walk around the house in my pajamas, shutting off the lights. Turn these lights off. Shut that door. I didn't Pay for the air conditioning to cool the outside. And my my son will lay on the couch laughing at me because he just sees me walking around. I'm getting to that grumpy old man syndrome. You know, I have to apply what I'm preaching to you this morning. I can't allow silly drama and stuff that doesn't. Who cares which way the toilet paper is rolling? Who cares if they put the lid or don't put the lid on the toothpaste? Who cares if they don't put the lid down? We get so riled up over the silliest stuff, and then we wonder why we're so angry all the time. Don't go down roads that don't lead to peace. You will be led by peace, the Bible says. Reconcile and forgive. I'm getting ready. I've been talking to my graphic artist. We're making t-shirts for the ministry. It's going to say forgive. One of the t-shirts we're going to make says forgive. You have to wear a sign on your heart that says forgive because there's always going to be somebody that does you wrong. You can live a bitterless life in 2017. Forgive everyone of everything, stop carrying offenses around. Went to Rotenburg a few years ago, Germany. It's the town where the story of Pinocchio was inspired. Beautiful little colorful houses and cobblestone streets and as we walked in, I was on a mission trip, so they thought, you know, we'll just take Tony and his daughter out to Rotenburg, kind of give him a break. And it was a wonderful day. We had an amazing time. We're going back uh, uh, in, in a couple of years, and, and uh, there's, a, there's a building right next to the entry. It's called the Torture Museum. Now, go figure. You're walking into Rotenburg, right there is a torture museum. Guess where I wanted to go? I wanted to walk into the torture museum. Yeah, you know, you have fun for in Rotenburg. I'm going to go see, because I want to see how they tortured people in media, medieval times. That's just how my mind works, you know. And, I, and, 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 and it, was, it was awesome, you know, the things that they did to criminals. It was amazing, like, that one of the ways they would torture somebody is if you committed a crime, uh, a theft, they would stick you in a pen outside and tickle your feet nonstop. One of the other ways, if someone murdered somebody, they would make you carry the person you murdered on your back forever. You would have to take that body and tie it to your back so that everybody could know you were the murderer but the punishment, the real punishment, came as the dead body decayed. It attached itself to the person carrying it, and eventually they became diseased, and they be, their skin began to decompose, and finally they died from the person. It was an eternal death sentence. It was a death sentence is what it was. But see, that's what we do with offenses. We carry dead offenses on our back. We carry those people that we won't forgive on our back. We carry the people that have hurt us on our back day in, day in, and day out, and it's slowly killing you. I'm telling you, drop the dead man off of your back and live again. Don't go down roads that don't lead to peace. You will go out with joy and be led forth with peace. Number three, the mountains and the hills will break forth before you into shouts of joy. The big things that are in front of you and the little things. See, even the little mountains, God's got those taken care of. I believe in 2017 that God wants us to start talking to our mountains, not talking about them. Declaring them to be removed and cast into the sea. The Bible tells us, In Genesis 8 and 4, and in the seventh month, on the 17th day of the month, the ark came to rest on the mountain. Let me tell you something. When there's a flood in your life... It's raising you up to the top of the mountain. See, you think that flood is about to destroy you, but God uses the flood to raise you up. And we always talk about overcoming the flood. How are you going to ever overcome the flood unless you encounter a flood? Those floods that come into our life, God uses those floods. See, right now, you may be on top of a flood, but you're above it. Come on, somebody. And when you raise up, when there's going to come a time when the flood ends, and you're going to be resting on top of the mountain. Amen. Come on, somebody. There's sometimes you can can't get to the top of the mountain without a flood in your life. The, the era represents rest, the rest of God's people. I believe in 2017, let me read it again, look at it, and in the seventh month on the 17th day of the month, I believe in 2017, some of you are about to come to the top of a mountain, the flood is going to drop you down, and you're going you're to walk out on dry ground. Come on, somebody. No mountain can stand before you, and no man can stand against you. The mountains melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. There's a little song I wrote a few years ago. It's not recorded, but I sing it often, and people are telling me I need to put it on my next record. But it's called Get Down Mountain. And it goes like this it goes get down mountain get down go on and fall to the ground my victory is waiting on the other side I've got the power to climb my feet are willing but I'm not gonna waste my time get down mountain get down get down mountain get down go on and fall to the ground my victory is waiting on the other side I've got the power to climb my feet are willing but I'm not gonna waste my time get down mountain get down Get down mountain, oop, get down mountain, oop, get down mountain, oop, get down mountain, get down, get down mountain, oop, get down mountain, not gonna waste my time, get down
2: mountain. Get down. Somebody
1: give the Lord a shout of praise if it's time for the mountains to come down. Hallelujah. As the worship team comes, the scripture goes on to tell us that in the trees of the field will clap their hands. You will be unstoppable in 2017 the trees of the field represent the obstacles and the enemies that we face you've heard the statement and the trees of the field will clap their hands and we've heard that phrase you can't see the forest for the trees see god has this wide open forest but there's trees standing in the way isn't that strange But the Bible says that the trees will clap their hands. I believe that no weapon formed against you in 2017 will prosper. Your enemies will have to stand back and clap their hands and applaud the good things that God is doing in your life. All those people that said you couldn't are going to be the ones that are applauding you while you do it. Come on now. This is a word for 2017. You know, the 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 boat, the ark of the covenant was on the water for a year and so many days. From January 1st, 2016, all the way to where we are right now, is about how long the ark was on the waters of the flood waters. And I believe right now, as I am speaking, the doors are opening on that ark. You're walking out, and the trees are down in the valley, clapping their hands at the entrance of the good things that God, how somebody ought to just shout to the Lord right now are clapping their hands for the good things God is about to do. Hallelujah. The Bible says that Israel began to prosper on every side. They they, they began to see success and they were overcoming their enemies because the Lord's presence was going before them and they they were turning over the tables and they were seeing victory and conquering their enemies by the power of the Lord. And the Bible says that King Balak of the Moabites knew they were next in line. And they knew that the Israel was about to come through and wipe them out. And out of fear for the success of God's people, he hired Balaam to curse God's people. You've heard the story, how he rode down the road, and the, and the donkey kept veering to the side of the road, and he would hit the donkey, and the donkey turned around and said, Why are you hitting me? And the Bible says that Balaam, Balak, of king of the Moabites, told Balaam, he said, I want you to climb the top of the mountain Mount Peor, and I want you to look over in the valley and I want you to curse the children of Israel. So Balaam, this is, he did it about three separate times, but the one time he climbed up the mountain, and as he was going up to the mountain, he looks out over the valley and he sees the camp of Israel and he's about ready to curse them and he falls silent and he comes back down the mountain where Balak is standing and he looks at Balak, and Balak says, have thou cursed Israel? He says, I can't curse them. For what God has blessed, I cannot curse. And I always wondered what it was that Balaam saw when he looked at God's people. When he looked over and he saw Israel... He saw the presence of God in the middle of the camp. There was a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. You see, when your life is marked with the presence of God, the enemy sees that, and it sends a message to him that God has surrounded you with his protection, his favor, and what God has blessed, he cannot curse. Hallelujah. I want you to stand with me this morning. This is not all he saw. This is not all he saw. When he looked over into the camp, he saw the northern tribes of Israel, the presence in the middle. He saw the northern tribes. And he saw the eastern tribes and he saw the western tribes and he saw the southern tribes and around the center of the presence of God there was a shape of a cross and when the enemy looks at you he sees the cross of Christ on your life and he cannot open his mouth against you I wonder if you could lift up a shout of praise church you are blessed you are favored the presence of God is on your life The cross marks your life. You are blessed and favored of God. And the enemy is a liar. He comes to you with lies. The enemy has Alzheimer's disease. He can't even remember anything. And he cannot see where you are with God because your life is hidden with Christ in God. He don't even know where you're at. He's looking around trying to find you, throwing things out there, but your life is blessed. I wonder if Christian life can give a shout of praise to God because you are blessed. Hallelujah. Now Leanne is going to lead us in a song. The cross doesn't take away from your life. The cross adds to your life. It's a plus sign. Come on somebody. The cross isn't an I can't do this and I can't do that. The cross is the message of I can do all things through Christ. Oh come on. Who strengthens me. And I believe 2016 may have been, there may have been some issues, there may have been some losses, there may have been some upsets, but I believe your 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 setback in 2016 is turning into a comeback in 2017. Come on, somebody, wave your hands. Come on, lead us.
2: Come on, sing it, church. Come on, lift up those hands and sing it. Is risen, Christ is risen. Jesus, you are Lord of all. Oh, stronger, you are stronger. Sin is broken, you have saved me. It is written, Christ is risen. Jesus, you are Lord. of You are stronger, you are stronger, sin is broken, you have saved me, it is written, Christ is risen, Jesus you are Lord of all. Now before we
1: sing anymore. I wonder if there's about 50 people that could just get up out of your seat, and we're going to come down, and we are going to declare that 2017 is going to be our year. It's going to be the year of breakthrough. It's going to be the year of promise. It's going to be the year of deliverance. It's going to be the year for where we were set back. We're coming back. I want you to get up out of your seat all over this room right now, and step forward as a declaration of faith that I'm going to see the promises of God for my life, my family, my finances, my my business, my career, my relationships, my ministry come to pass yeah. in 2017. Can you give the Lord a shout of
2: praise? Alleluia. There is love that came for us. Come on now. Humble to a sinner's cross. You broke my shame and sinfulness. He rose again, victorious. Oh, He's so faithful. There is a the love, faithfulness, none can deny. Through the storm and through the fire, there is truth that sets me free. Jesus Christ, oh yeah. Are stronger, you are stronger. Sin is broken, you have saved me. It is risen, Christ is risen. Jesus, you are Lord of all. You are stronger, you are stronger.
1: To lift up both hands like this. I'm going to speak a benediction over you. We're going to turn it back over to Dr. Mayor. I want you to receive this right now. Yeah. All doubt that you, all that you faced in 2016, the ark is, is coming to rest on Mount Ararat. Yeah. And I'm going to speak this promise over you. I'm going to declare over you. And I want you to receive it by faith. Knowing that 2017 is the year of undeserved, unmerited, un, un, unearned, unworked for favor. Come on, listen to this. For you shall go out with joy. Hallelujah. And you will be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth into shouts of joy before you. Come on, somebody shout for joy right now. And the trees of the field, the enemies, the opposition, the obstacles that stood in your way are going to part and make a path and they're going to clap as you proceed down God's path of victory. Now, one more time. I want this church to give God about 30 seconds of praise. Lift up your voice. Put your hands together. Receive right now what God is saying. Come on, church.
2: Elevate your praise. Elevate your praise. Oh, you are stronger. You are stronger. Sin is broken.
0: Bless the Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Oh man! I got a great idea. In our back seat, when we're driving tomorrow, Leanne will have a guitar. Tony will have a microphone, and uh, and he'll just he'll just be speaking joy all over you they're not going to be with us tomorrow. But you know who's with us? Jesus. Amen. The Word is with you. The Word is alive in you. The Word has been deposited in your heart today. It is found good, I declare it has found good ground. And it's going to produce a hundredfold this week. It's going to produce, this is what we need. This is it right here. And so Lord, we thank You for what You've done. We celebrate that. And Jesus we say thank you. You just one more give God a standing ovation right now. Just thank you God. Thank you Lord. Thank you Lord. Thank you God. you, Lord. I, I, th- I think heaven was just pleased with your heart right there. I just sensed that, that Jesus was just pleased with your heart. You know, it's also okay to, to say thank you um, to God's servants as well. Can you say thank you to Tony for just being led of the Lord this morning? Thank you, Tony. And that's, that is exactly, exactly, exactly what we needed this morning. I'm going to ask you just to be seated for just a moment before we go. We're going to receive the blessing of the Lord In just a moment, but before we do, um, and as you make your way back to your seat, I I do want us to to receive an offering for Tony. He's been here all weekend with us, and uh, we want to definitely sow a seed into Tony's life and ministry. Uh, Tony travels all over the world preaching and teaching, and obviously uh, when he comes in the States, uh, we can take up an offering and share it with him. But there's many places that uh, would like Tony to come around the world. And obviously, uh, he has to pay his own way. He just has to uh, gather funds for the ministry. And I want to tell you, when you sow seed, you're sowing it into good ground. And so I just encourage you today uh, to take an offering envelope in front of you, whatever you can do this morning. I know it'll be appreciated. And uh, like I said, it's going to be used for ministry. It's going to be used uh, to preach the message of life that we received today. And so I'm just going to give you a moment to, uh, to do that, to get your offerings ready. We're going to go in just a moment and and go out with a a powerful message birthed inside of us, but I want you to know that this is just the beginning. When you go out to the lobby, Mark will be out there for men, and you can uh, go ahead and sign up to go to a men's retreat later in the month of February. You can sign up for that. Um, I also know uh, that the Women's Bible Study is going to be phenomenal, and I'd love for all the women to come back on Wednesday night and be a part of that. Those kind of things. Look inside your bulletin where you can be involved. Uh, I asked Tony, and and, um, Tony wants to pray with you this morning, and so he's just going to be down here on the side. If anybody needs prayer, I want to tell you, you should never leave church with the same burdens you came in with, and I believe God lifted burdens all day while we were here, but if you'd like special prayer, you want to talk to Tony. He's just going to stay down here, and he's going to be available for prayer uh, after the service, so he's not going anywhere. He's going to be right there. I'm going to invite the men and women to come forward. Would you stretch forth your hand toward Tony? He's been speaking to our church family for hours and hours and hours this week in the conference, and then last night and today, Lord, we just thank you uh, for our brother and friend in Christ. Lord, we thank you for his life. We thank you for his ministry. Uh, Lord, thank you for sending him our way. And, Lord, we want to send him out with the same joy that he deposited in us. Lord, we pray for peace. We pray for strength. We pray for provision. We pray for all that he needs, Lord. It will be found in you. And, God, we just pray a blessing upon him. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hey, as you give, uh, yeah, you don't want to just do this on a weekend. You you don't want to just eat one day a week. You need to eat every day, right, To, to be filled. Tony, would you just come real quickly and tell out on the we've we've sold out of some of the things on the table but Tony's books his CDs different things like that are out there if you could just real quickly just tell them what's available out there
1: Um, we have several books and worship music that I've recorded Um, all of it is grace centered Christ centered Um, I believe that when we exalt Christ the Holy Spirit will activate it because that's the message he gets behind. So all my ministry is about Jesus. It's, mis- it's, it's lifting him up, exalting him. So we have a uh, worship music. It will encourage you. It'll be like that person you want in your car that drives with you and encourage you. So I'm going to give this as a gift to somebody this morning. Be blessed. Amen. Sowing a seed. I believe it comes back a hundredfold, so I should sell a hundred of those this morning. Um, Also have a book on praying for your spiritual leader. Your leader needs you to pray for him. The deposit of prayer that you make into him comes back to you. Come on now, somebody. If we complain about our pastors, maybe it's because we're not praying and we get we don't get good results. Maybe it's because we're not praying for them. He needs your prayers this morning. And this book will help you realign your relationship with your leaders if you've been hurt, if you've been bruised, if you've been wounded, unintentionally or intentionally. This book will inspire you to forgive and pray for those who lead you, your pastors, your leaders, your worship teams, your media operators, your children's leaders, your youth pastors. They all need to be prayed for, and this will rekindle the fire of of prayer in your life pastors all over ask me for bundles of these because they're they're in need of people praying for them this book will make your church stronger come on somebody yes it is great awesome. And then, of course, we have the book from the weekend, Lead Up. This is about hosting a churches that believe in hosting the presence of God. This is a presence-based leadership culture book. It's not a whole lot of fluff in this book. It's not a how to get the top and how to be a CEO and how, how you know, Jesus was not a CEO. Hallelujah. He was the S-O-N. Come on. And so this book is all about hosting the presence of God in your life as a member and as uh, being a, a, a passionate about seeing the presence of God move in the local church. This this is a book that has taken me 30 years to write, and I am excited about this book. We are coming back next year to do a marriage conference here. My wife will be here. She'll be the one you listen to. She'll tell you the truth about who I am and what I'm really doing. Amen? You know, they say, they say personality is what people know about you. Character is what your wife knows about you. Come on. So this book will encourage you. This is not a how-to-do marriage. This is about releasing grace into your marriage. Seeing one another as a finished work in Christ, not a work in progress. That's why we try to change each other in marriage, because we don't see each other as God sees us, complete and lacking nothing. And when you begin to release grace in your marriage, you will be all... I believe that you can have a better marriage on accident than you ever could on purpose. It's about allowing the grace of God to... Allowing grace to change your partner, allowing God to move on your partner, and most of all, asking him to change you. It's not always about the other person. This book will bless you. We also have DVDs um, of the weekend that we have recorded live in Nashville of our uh, lead-up conference. And uh, we also had a book we sold out of Grace Works, which is my fundamental foundational book. Um, If you can put my social media up there, you can follow me on any one of these addresses, Facebook, uh, Tony Sutherland Ministries, Uh, Tony C. Sutherland on Twitter, T. Sutherland on Instagram. And then you can also discover more about our ministry at my website at TonySutherland.com. You can buy product there. You can um, order GraceWorks as well. And uh, we also have a mug. I promise you this is the best coffee mug you will ever buy. And I'm not kidding. I went to a friend's house. I grabbed this cup, and I went, where did you get this cup? I love this cup. How many coffee drinkers know you got to have the right cup? I mean, come on now. Only us, true coffee, represent, represent. You know what I'm talking about when it comes to coffee. And so uh, I thought I would like to sell that and bless people at my conferences so that when they have their time in the Word every morning, I know you do, you like to have that. That's the best time of my life is sitting down with my Bible and my two Boston Terriers right beside me. And a, and a good cup of coffee. That's my favorite time of the day when the kids aren't awake, when there's no noise, and before the news even starts to, you know, and, and I like to be with that. So this cup, and then when you drink it, you'll see lead up on it. I encourage you to, to always keep your eyes up and, and be a strong um, in your leadership and in your witness and in your testimony. Amen. Thanks, Daryl. Thank you.
0: All right. Tony will be over there to pray with anybody. Would you stand for the blessing of the Lord this morning? And uh, we received a lot today. And now it's time to go and share that with the world. And so I just encourage you to do that. And um, beloved, we are one week closer to heaven. Are you ready? May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May he show you his favor and give you his peace. God, I thank you for the favor. I thank you for the peace. I thank you for the blessing. I thank you for the grace. Um, God, we need it all. And Lord, our world needs it all. And so, God, I pray that we would go out as bright light to bring your blessing, your grace, and your shalom to this world. Jesus, keep us safe and strong until we can gather together again as the church and worship you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go in the grace and the peace of the Lord.